0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota.
1: In in Acts chapter 6, verse number 6, the Bible says, Whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. There again, they laid their hands on him. The the Bible says in 1 Timothy 5.22, lay hands suddenly on no man. Now, I've I've read that before and I've heard people say, don't lay hands on anybody too quickly. But he's not talking about that. He's talking about ordaining. Don't ordain someone too quick, suddenly. Um, God works through the church as both the church and the Spirit are said to send forth missionaries. Send forth missionaries. Preachers of the gospel. The church confirmed their calling, commissioned the men, and sent them forth. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit working through the local church to equip and enlist believers to go forth and serve. And if we can just pause to think about the beauty of what we're talking about right now, to some extent or the other, from what we just read in Acts 13 all the way to this day in 2022, we are continuing in some form what they were doing that very day, and it has continued. The reason preachers have gone around the world, and as they begin to spread and then come to America, then somebody came to North Carolina, and then to South Dakota, then someone else. And isn't it awesome to think about this continual God- Calling, God planning churches, God calling men to preach, sending them forth, the church commissioning them forth, and on and on it goes, and here we are today. Y'all don't look as excited about it as I am. Maybe I'm not explaining it good enough. Some of you look like a calf looking at a new you know, but, uh, but what I'm here to say is it's an exciting thing to think about the, 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 the continuation of what God has been doing for all these centuries. Uh, Paul regularly ordained pastors for the churches that he planted. He and Barnabas directed the appointment or the ordination of elders in each church in Galatia. Again, Acts 14, 23. Uh, They had ordained them elders in every church. And what we're going to see in just a moment, if you study the context of elder, we're going to see it and we may not get over to uh, 1 Peter or 2 Peter to see it, But what you'll see is in the Bible, we call a pastor a pastor. But in the Bible, a pastor may be called a pastor. He may be called a shepherd. He may be called a preacher. He may be called an elder. Did I say bishop? He may be called a bishop. Uh, That's one that we don't normally go by. But from a biblical standpoint, you could call someone a bishop and be uh, that's a pastor and be absolutely in order. Uh, so I'm expecting that tomorrow, okay, when I come to church be called the bishop. I'm just kidding. I, I'm not interested, but I'm just saying what it is is there's, there's several different titles for one role. Evangelist is another one. Several different titles, and that includes, includes elder, and you can read in the context of this. It can mean a man. It can mean an older man. But in the context, he is talking about people who will lead through their spiritual maturity. He instructed Titus in Titus 1, verse 5, to ordain elders in every city on Crete. Titus himself had been ordained earlier in Second Corinthians eight nineteen. You see how much Bible I'm giving you? If you're sitting there saying, I don't know if you're preaching the Bible, just write these down, okay? Because our opinions aren't near as uh, important as what the Bible says. And what we've thought, in our perspective, not near as important as the Word of God, and the Word of God is very clear here uh, on this situation. Titus had been chosen in 2 Corinthians eight nineteen and ordained. The word used in 2 Corinthians 8, 19, when Titus was appointed or ordained, uh, for, uh, is used for the Galatian elders, it literally means to stretch forth the hands. It was a word normally used for the act of voting. So just get the word picture here. The word that's being used was a word that was used in the Athenian legislature during the act of voting. And so that they would stretch forth their hands when they were in favor of a certain vote that were coming up. And so when we lay our hands, that's just saying that the consensus of the church, you know what, we're in favor of this. We do believe that God has called this man. We do want to send forth this man uh, from our midst. And so it goes back to an idea of voting. The, The apostles and the congregations knew whom the Spirit had chosen, and they responded by placing those men in leadership. God calls and qualifies a man for the ministry, it will be apparent both to that man and to the rest of the church. The would-be minister will meet the qualifications set forth in 1 Timothy 3, pretty much the whole chapter, Titus chapter 1, 5 through 9. He will possess a desire to preach. Uh, I have concerned about someone who uh, says they're called to preach but it's not interested in preaching. Uh, but I can tell you that uh, a Treyu can drive me crazy. Hey, when when am I scheduled to preach again? Want to get it? Can I get a few dates down here? Can I do it this day? Can I do that? Just shut up, A Uh one thing I can tell you is Trey you has got a desire to preach. He's got a desire to preach, a desire to share the word of God, uh, and 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 not only in the pulpit. He's like, can I share it online with the men in men's Bible study? Can I share it in another place? There desi- there's a desire to preach and to teach the word of God. And it's the duty of church leaders, uh, together with the congregation, to recognize and accept the calling. So, that's just a little bit of a word of the context of what biblical ordination is. And I, I, I challenge you and encourage you to study everything I just said. I believe it's being uh, recorded, so you can go back and listen to it. So, notice quickly here a word of uh, commendation. I've uh, got some things to cover here I'm going to try to get through if you'll uh, be patient. The word ministered is derived from a word that carries the idea because the Bible says in these verses that they ministered. These were men who ministered in the church. The word ministered comes from the idea of public service that's conducted at one's own expense. It cost them something to be leaders in the church, and it always does. We live in a society that's wondering what they're going to get out of it. True ministry, and this doesn't just apply to the the pastor, but to those who serve within the church. True ministry doesn't say, what can I get? What can I get? It says, what can I give? And that's the spirit with which these men were serving. A person does not to lead God's people unless he's prepared to serve and to make significant sacrifices in time, money, and effort. Atreyu has humbly and faithfully served. You have seen him in the spotlight, but that is the lesser portion of the work that he's done here at Elk Point Baptist Church. He's been a faithful minister. And when I say that word, I I like that word minister as well, because uh, it's one of the words that's used, and sometimes even when the word servant or slave is used, it's used for... It would be used during uh, these days for, that, uh, for, for the slaves that would be up under those Roman ships. And some of you may have seen it before. There would be a galley up underneath the ships, and there would be oars sticking out, and there would be men working these oars and rowing and moving the boat. In other words, these were men, that, that they were slaves, their, their, their name didn't matter, their title didn't matter, they didn't have a title, but they were willing to work underneath where nobody could see but they got something done. And that word would often be used of an under-rower. But that's the kind of ministry uh, that we've seen a in. Offering no excuses, but can-do attitude. Uh, a used ministry here shows the truth of Luke 14, 11, where Jesus said, "...for whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted." Now a word of commencement here. Our text gives a monumental point in our history. This service today is another, yet another monumental point in our church's history. God is the one who does the calling. We are here to confirm and endorse the work that the Holy Spirit has already done in a use heart. I want to say that I commend Elk Point Baptist Church for support, being supportive and making such a sacrifice in sending Veronica and Atreyu forth to serve. And a couple things I've already mentioned that I'll just cover here quickly. Notice again with me in verse number 2, a call that we mention. Calling is very important. A call. Ministry is work. Being a pastor, you could argue, is a profession, I suppose. But for those of us who perform this work, we understand that it's a calling, that it's a calling. Number one, it's a calling from God, which means we do what God said to do. Number two, it means we go where God says to go. And I'll tell you, things about the call, there are times within your ministry, and I say this to everyone, Michael's sitting here, we got to had the privilege of ordaining Michael. when he's doing a great work over in Akron now, um... But there's times, hey, the ministry's a blessing. It really is. There's nothing I'd rather do. Uh, But I'm telling you, it doesn't mean it's easy all the time. Amen. It doesn't mean it's it's always a bed of roses. It's it's hard. It can be lonely. And I'm telling you, I'm just going to tell you right now very, very clearly, uh, you know, and perhaps Michael, even in just the short uh, months that he's been uh, pastoring, has experienced this already. You can go through some dark and lonely times. There have been times, I was told this by one of my mentors, and have I ever be true? He emphasized the call of God, the call to preach, the call to serve, uh, you know, in a church. But here's what he said. You better make sure of that calling because there's sometimes that's all you'll have. And what I mean by that is this. There's been times in my ministry to where I didn't have the good feelings. There's been times in my ministry to where things didn't seem to be doing good, going well. There's, there's been times in my ministry where I begin to think, am I doing more harm than I'm doing good? And there's times, and, 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 just, and, and I've shared it with some of you before, but I'm going to take, take a moment to share it again. During one of those times, Veronica, it didn't just involve me. As much as possible, I, I don't share everything with my wife. I, I just don't. I, I don't share everything she's going through. I, I'm just saying, she's got a burden, and there's some things I just bear on my own. Now, you you may judge me for that, but pastor for 25 years, or not been pastor for 20, pastor for 20 years, and then tell me uh, what you'll do, okay? I'm just telling you in my experience. But man, this was one just couldn't escape. We're both broken. We're both, we're going through a thing. This was when we were uh, in another town, and I remember, Zach, Melanie looking at me, and, and just tears in her eyes, the only time she's ever questioned where we were at or what we were doing, literally the only time ever. And she just looked at me with tears and a broken heart, and she looked at me and said, are you sure God still wants us here? If I'm looking at the circumstances, my answer would have been no. If you would have asked me, how are you feeling at this point, I would have said no. But there's one thing I had. I said, Melanie, I said, I know God's called me here. And if I just went by the circumstances, I would leave right now. But the last thing God told me, Marine, the last order you were given, if, you're, if your CO gives you an order, you do that until he says otherwise. So when God, I said, and, and, and I teased, but it's, there's some truth to it. I looked at my wife and I said, the last thing God told me, and it's been a while since I've heard from him, that's the way I felt. Not even sure where he is right now, if you want to talk about emotionally or, 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 or by feeling, but I know the last thing God told me was, this is where he wanted me to come. So the call, it's got to be a call. And by the way, it's another thing too. Why would you go here? Why would you serve in Akron? Why would you serve in Mondamon? Why would you serve in Elk Point? This is where God's called me to be. We're a, we're, we are sent forth from the church, but we're sent forth from the church with God's calling to wherever it is that we're going. Um, and that's why we are where we are. and Go where we go. The call, the charge, verse number five, The Bible says, and when they were at Salamis, notice this, they preached the word of God. Amen. That's the charge. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4, verse, verses one and two, Paul says to Timothy, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom preach the word be instant in season things are good out of season it's dry and cold spiritually reprove rebuke exhort people don't love being rebuked and reproved and exhorted with all but it says with all long suffering and doctrine Preach the word. 2 Timothy 2.3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now when it comes to preaching the word, I love this illustration. Now the thing is when it comes to preaching the word, people love to hear the word preached as long as it's something they like. Hey, let me tell you something. Preachers like preaching the word when it's something they like. I'll let you know in a little secret. I don't like preaching every message that I preach. Uh, one of the, one of the good things about preaching verse by verse as we do on Wednesdays and word by word oftentimes is sometimes you cross stuff that you're thinking, I probably would put that off for a while. There's other things I'd rather preach. Uh, You know, Wednesday I'll be preaching about, about women submitting to their husbands. Be sure you're here. Amen. That's an exciting topic. Uh, always like that one, but it's, it's the Bible. Amen. Not everybody likes it, but you preach what the word says, Right. Here's here's what we see. See, preach the word. This means to preach or to proclaim, listen to me, as a herald. Not H-A-R-L-O-D, herald. uh, But as a -A H-E-R-A-L-D, herald. It simply suggests a picture of an imperial herald. Trumpet in hand, standing at attention. This herald would be sent forth to a public place, a public square, a gathering of people, and with a trumpet or with a loud voice would begin to proclaim, standing at attention in a public place, conveying a mandatory proclamation in the emperor's name. Okay? There's no room for discussion or debate. It is not, this herald does not have the, uh, the prerogative to say, well, you know, the emperor said it this way, but boy, that's not going to go over too well. I think I'm going to change it a little bit. The emperor may have not known where I was going, you know. The emperor may not have known it was 2022. You know, I mean, come on. So uh, the herald does not have that authority. The herald has the herald the only authority the herald has is that of the king. The only message he has is that of the king. And so he must just stand out there and somebody says, I don't like it. He's like, what the king said. And that's why it's preach the word. It's not preach opinion. It's not preach tradition. It's not preach, you know, any of these other things. It's preach the word. The everlasting, eternal, inspired, inerred, infallible word of God. Preach the word. The herald is not there to argue the pros and cons of the demand. He's there to proclaim it and call for obedience to the Word of God because it is God's Word. That's the job of the herald. I I use this illustration a lot. You preach the Word. And by the way, Christians, we do that when we share the gospel with other people, don't we? Uh, We we, we tell them what, what thus saith the Word of God and uh and and not people don't like it all the time but just think about this when you think about a preacher uh and by the way the bible says follow me as i follow christ there's there's another side of this thing it's the it's the congregation's responsibility to know the word of god to not what they've been to to know the word for themselves because the the bible says paul said following me as i follow christ basically well how do you know if a man's following christ or not well i just got this feeling no what's the word say you know the Word of God. And so this church has the responsibility. The uh, preacher is kind of going the wrong way here. He's going in here. This this church has the responsibility to say, dude, you are not proclaiming the Word of the King any longer. Now, we're not talking about some denomination. We're talking about the Word of God, all right? But here's the thing. You don't get mad at your mailman, do you? When was the last time you got mad at you? you ever got something in the mail you didn't like? Uh, when was the last time? I think about those of us that live here in town, you know, and our nice little mailman, just the nicest guy ever i just cannot imagine checking the mail and there goes the red ford down the road and me chasing him down and trying to drag him out of the truck and strain. what do you mean by bringing me this he's just delivering the mail and so preach the word amen All right, notice and i'm gonna i've just had to give give you these quickly maybe you can circle or mark them verse number seven you'll find people who want to hear The Bible says uh, there were some, the last part of the verse says that they desired to hear the Word of God. Well, that's nice. They desired to hear the Word of God. But now in verse 8, there were some people that hated it. (laughs) Some people want to hear, some people want to hate. There's two extremes. On one side, people hate, you can do no wrong. on on sometimes people on sometimes you can do no right on the other side you can do no wrong on the other hand they want to make you a god in uh in acts 14 11 when paul came to preach they said man this guy's a god um but i tell you one of the things that trade you that that's that's so important is that we've got to learn to respond to criticism and praise the same way i get criticized except i'm a little bit more apt to agree with the criticisms a little bit uh But I get criticized, okay. I get praised, okay. You you, you pretty much stay the same. Because you know, for one thing, sometimes being the pastor, being a preacher, is a lot like being an NFL quarterback. When a team wins, can I just take a shot at Tom Brady? I know he's probably the of, and I get it. But Tom Brady's standing over on the sideline, uh, not in the game. Adam Vinatieri comes in, South Dakota native, uh, comes in, kicks the game-winning field goal, and Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever. Now I know there's more to it than that, but then on the other hand, it doesn't apply to Tom Brady because he can do no wrong. But usually, usually, uh, a quarterback, the team loses, the defense gives up fifty points. What's wrong with, you know, Mitch Trubisky, the you know, Carolina guy? Couldn't have been nothing wrong with him. You know what's wrong with him? Uh 50 points see what i'm saying it's like the quarterback in other words they get too much praise when things go right they get too much blame when things go wrong and you just got to understand that uh, you criticism you 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 take it with a grain of salt praise you don't let it go to your head um some people love it some people hate it verse 13 sometimes you got to go to difficult places verse 13 they had to travel through Tarsus. They had to travel through mountains and perils and and, and pirates and uh robbers. I mean, steep, rugged, wild beast. Listen, verse 13, you'll find out there's people that leave. As you continue in that, some people said, "Man, I'm out of here." And we're still in chapter number 13. Some return to Jerusalem. they was like it's too hard. The Bible says endure hardness. It does get hard. Um it does it's not all potlucks and Things like that. I told Natalie the other day we were uh, <laughs> we were, uh, going to some sort of feast. I can't remember. Uh, actually, I do remember. It was around a wedding. And I said, isn't it something, Natalie, that a part of my job in ministry is going to people's house to eat? I mean, wouldn't you like to get paid to do that? Uh, now, I don't, don't misunderstand me. I don't look at that as a job. But it's the fact that in this situation, especially, I was connecting with, the fam- with some unsafe family members and things like that. Uh, and the point is I love that. Uh, but it's not all just getting to deal with people, amen. Sometimes you can go hunt with people or fish with them or something. No, I'm just teasing. So, sometimes it gets hard, amen. So, there's times it's not. Even, sometimes you're all alone. So, one of the hardest things ever, and I'll just tell you, for me and Michael, one of the hardest things for me still is being misunderstood. I hate that. I hate when people judge. When people judge my motives. By the way, we don't have business in judging motives. I mean, the Bible says judge the righteous judgment. Jesus said with the same judgment it shall be met to you again. The idea that there's no judgment, that all judgment is wrong is absolute foolishness. But there's, he said judge the righteous judgment because there's a right way to judge. But there's a very much wrong way to judge. And when you start judging people's motives, I know why, you know why he said that. Do you really? You actually know my heart. You actually know what You really know my motives. You can judge what I did. But don't judge my motives. You need to talk to me about my motives. I mean, but anyway, uh, uh, all right, uh, I'm, I'm trying to land the plane here, all right, looking for the runway. The uh, Bible says to be instant in season, out of season, in uh, season, out of season. That pictures perseverance, remaining faithful, whether it's convenient or not, despite the weather, despite the crowds, no matter what, uh, what, what's being going on, have the right attitude. Keep the right attitude. Uh, I love what the apostle says. He says, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. He says in 1 Corinthians 9 16, For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me, I preach not the gospel. God called me to preach. God called me to come start a church in Pierre. He called me to come start a church in Elk Point. The results really are up to him. I've got to work. I've got to do everything I can. But ultimately, the results are up to him. There's times people, you know, again, I've, I've started a couple churches. Uh, and I don't. the grace of God, we've never had a service. I don't know where it was just our family here. But there was times in Pierre, I'm pretty sure, that we did. I'd come to church and preach to my family. Uh, and what do you do? Well, God must not be in it. There's not enough people here. Well, what if I'd have said that? You know, what if I'd have left whenever things got hard? You don't do that, man. You just stay with it. You go with God's calling. Uh, All right. Uh, The reproving and the rebuking uh, is preaching that brings about conviction for sin. Now, verses 10 and 12 of Acts chapter number 13. And again, I hope that you'll take time to read the whole thing later because I'm uh, having to move here fairly quickly. But what you'll find out is that Paul had to take a strong stand against some of the people that were standing against the work of God. Um, basically, what you see is that there is, uh, there's sometimes that you'll see there's people that have an, an attitude, toward the delusion and the deceit of false doctrine. One of the greatest warnings in the Bible, in the New Testament especially, repeatedly to the churches, false doctrine is trying to get in virtually every church. I mean, right away, false doctrine is trying to come in. Uh, So it's important to expose false doctrine with love and patience, but to do so at once, without fear, without distortion, without dialogue or debate. Like Elijah when he met the false prophets of Baal on Carmel's crest. The great uh, apostle to the Gentiles met this head on in verses 10 and 12, and it's a unique situation. But he met it decisively uh, and in conscience and glorious power. Verse 15 and 16, God begins to open up doors. the Bible says in verse 16, Then Paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said, Men of Israel, and ye that fear God, give audience. He had the opportunity to preach and share the gospel with a number of folks. Um, the Bible says that the preacher is supposed to exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That means that he was to plead lovingly and loyally. I like that. Lovingly and loyally. One of the calls about, in the same passage that calls, when Peter says, is exhorting the elders, and it's the passage I was referring to that I will not go to for sake of time, but he says, in the same passage, he's talking about the same person, he said, elder, shepherd, bishop, all the same person. He was talking about all of them, one person all in the one thing. But how does a shepherd, a shepherd leads the sheep, The shepherd don't prod the sheep. He leads the sheep. He leads by example. The way we preach, the way we lead is in a servant-like manner, in a humble manner. Because we understand, you're not a big shot. You're just an old sinner saved by grace. And uh, and, and not only is that who you were, that's who you are today. And uh, man, I'm just a man like anybody. Only worse sometimes I feel like. But God has placed a calling on my life. And He has sent me here. And so, therefore, I've got a job to do. But I'm telling you, the way we learn, the the biblical model of leadership is a servant leadership. It's a serving leadership. It's a leadership that's willing to do. Because we know that it's not about us. It's about Him. And, And just because we stand boldly on the Word of God don't mean that we're trying to be arrogant or anything. It just means that we're saying, man, I'm nothing, but this message matters. God's Word matters. If God said it, it matters. Um, and so that's why we stand, but we do it lovingly, long-suffering, lovingly, loyally. The word exhort conveys the idea of calling someone aside to appeal to him. I like that. I'll try you, I'll challenge you on this as well, and it's something that I know you know, uh, but it's the same with Michael, it's the same with you. I advise you exhorting, again, carrying the idea of calling someone aside to speak to him. In other words, one of the things I have pledged virtually to everybody that's ever joined this church, or come into this church for that matter, is I'll say this: Kim, if I've got issues with you, just Kim, I'm not going to get up here as a coward and hide behind this because it's easier. And the whole congregation's here, but I'm, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Enough. I'm not caring enough. I'm not man enough to say, Kim, can we talk? Can we have a conversation? Um, and that's one of the things that I that I pledge to everybody in this church. You know why? Because there's going to be times. Let me tell you something about the preaching of God's word, can I? When God calls a man to preach, again, we don't we don't go online and get our sermons for the next 52 weeks off of, you know. The Baptist, whatever something or another, I don't know, no, we pray, we study, we preach the word, we pray, we pray for God's unction, for God's anointing. And so as we preach, guess what God will do? God will begin to plow in your pea patch. God's word will begin to disturb your heart, and by the way, I wouldn't want to go to a church where the Word of God didn't stir my heart. I've had people leave, I've had people leave before, and they said. seems like he is preaching to me like they were offended by that guess what the holy spirit of god knows how to speak to people's hearts he's the one who speaks i wouldn't want to go to a church where i didn't hear god speaking to me i don't what do people want anyway i've shared it before but uh uh, man it's it's different being my age is something because i i feel like i'm between really old and young young people say no you're just really old um Well, here's what I'm saying. Because I can relate to some of you who can remember the days. Anybody? Anybody remember the days whenever you'd be listening to a local radio station? And while you're listening to the local radio station, you would uh, call in because you knew. You knew that your girl was listening to that radio station. And you might have even said, hey, are you listening to the radio? Yes, I am. And you called in to the local DJ and you said, hey, would you, uh, I want to make a dedication. I want to dedicate, I want to know what love is, and I want to send that out to Melanie today. And so the DJ would actually come, is anybody with me here? The DJ would come across uh, the the radio and say, this song goes out to Melanie today from (laughs) Jesse. I hope she can't hear me, she'd be so mad. Um, I never did that because I am actually a little bit too old for that. that. That was fading away the older I got, or young for that. But what I'm saying is, when I come to church, and God speaks to my heart. I don't leave mad. I don't leave any more mad than that girl should leave mad. Because I believe what God's doing is saying this one's going out by special request from 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 God the Father. Amen. To Dan, that's special. Give it to me, Lord. I mean, speak to my heart. Search me, oh God. Anyway, I I got to hurry on here. Um. Exhorting, lovingly, caringly, Timothy was to be long-suffering. He wasn't to compromise with doctrine to win someone to Christ, but we're to be long-suffering. We're to be understanding. We're to be teachers of the word of God. And so, uh, and and if you just mark these verses, I'm not going to read them. But in verse beginning from verse 42, verse 42 through 44, as well as 48 and 49, you see results. I love results. We don't always get the same results. I, I say this, and, and I just got to remind people of this. I, try, I don't always do it. Sometimes I forget. But anytime we have somebody around here that's, that's wanting to do some sort of Bible study or something else, you know, extra than what we normally do, and they're trying to get people to come, I'm saying, are you, are you really sure you want to do this? Yes. Okay, what are you going to do on the night when nobody comes? Are you going to quit doing it? You know, are you going to complete your 12 weeks, your 10 weeks, whatever it is that you're doing? Because you've got to be willing to keep on going when nobody seems interested. You've got to be willing to keep on going. Uh, I mean, you can't get discouraged. I mean, we get discouraged. We just can't get discouraged and quit, amen? Uh, we got to learn to encourage ourselves. But anyway, but there's results. In verse 45, there was closed doors. In verse 52, there was joy. Now, in reality are you in reality how naturally adept at you and this is a serious question to think about how naturally adept are you at handling the task that lies before you because you got to be real careful and say oh no i got oh no because of this no 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 nothing no god's given some experiences that are that are going to help you but in reality it's a spiritual ministry and so you know that it's not natural you must have been on the the word of god uh, my grace is sufficient for thee. Remember that one. The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. Remember that one. There is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God's made an escape. God's faithful. Remember not only, I'll you, remember not only to protect your weaknesses, but also guard your strengths. Because one of the things I've found in my life is that I have been attacked and failed in my strengths before. That's a pretty wise attack, isn't it? Because we don't guard our strengths. We think they're strengths. But we better learn to guard our strengths. Uh, it's a blessing to see God still calling, folks. And I'm awfully proud of Atreyu, Veronica, and the kids. And look forward to what, thankful for what God's done in their hearts. Looking forward to what God is going to continue to do. And I think what we're going to do at this time is uh, I'm going to have a tray. To you that if he would to come forth, um, you know what, Veronica, would you mind coming and bringing the kids also? Uh, it, well, if you got to gather them up too much, uh, Kurt, Jerry, would you mind coming up too, Bud? You can come too, pops, if you need to. I want the men to come gather around to tray. You and the family. I want the men to be able to get to a place to where they can. We're going to try to do literally what the Bible says, uh, and lay our hands on a tray. You all right? Uh, so we may have to make room, but I just want to pray for the whole family while they're up here as well. Dan's already coming, and I want some of the other men uh, of our church. I mean, uh, members or not, you're a man of our church. We'd love for you to come and uh, come and help us commission uh, a tray. You and ordain and send forth this family. Yep, come on up. And, uh, and guys, I want you to pack in. And if you, a few may need to come up here, but we're going to literally place our hands on him if possible, okay? So let's pack in. Uh, let, it, let Veronica and the kids feel awkward for a second. We want to pray for this family. Kurt's got him around the neck.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in this scriptural lesson that we learn from your word, we now lay our hands on this man that you've called into this ministry. We pray for your anointing and your touch, your wisdom and your power to be upon him. We thank you for the authority that you've given to the local churches, dear Lord, and we know that he's going forth with your call and with our blessing. God, prepare him, enable him. Lord, help him to always realize his need for you daily, as I know he does. God, I pray for Veronica, dear God. You're not just calling to you. You're calling Veronica as well. And God, she's going to need your grace and help. She's going to need your comfort. She's going to need your peace. God, I just pray that you'll comfort her. I pray for Jaron, and I pray for Ezra and Aubrey. Lord, work in each of their hearts, dear Lord. Uh, give uh, Veronica and I tray you wisdom, dear Lord, on how to make, uh, make being a preacher's kid a blessing, dear God, and, and, um, and just continue to see your love. Bless, I pray you for the work that you have given to him, dear Lord, and uh, bless us as we go. May we do this many, many more times, dear God, to send forth elders into every city, and we'll thank you, dear God, for what you do, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have a song now. We're going to have one more song, and then we'll be dismissed to eat, but but as they're getting ready, why don't you come on, uh, Hoods, stay up here, Ezra, just for one more minute. Why don't you all come on around, if you didn't get a chance, and shake the hands of the hoods. They're going to be singing, but as they do, why don't you just come around and uh, just congratulate Veronica and the kids.
0: Carry on his journey, his body frail and weak. The Apostle knew the end was near as he dipped his pen in ink. He wrote, Timothy, my son, I have fought the fight of faith. Carry on what I've begun, but most of all I pray. Preach the word, preach the cross. Preach redemption to a lost and dying world. Lift your voice unashamed of the gospel of his name until all ever preach the word. The letter still remains And the mission that was written down Calls out to us today Lift the name of Jesus higher Until the whole world knows The story of amazing grace We are messengers of hope Preach the the word. word Preach the cross, preach redemption to a lost and dying world. Lift your voice, unashamed, of the gospel of his name, until all ever heard. Preach the word. Preach Will all ever ever preach the word.
1: Much for uh, coming today and being a part of a trays ordination. Um, we are serving a meal. Uh, I don't suppose there's any special instructions. Besides, I would like to get uh, a tray, you and Veronica. Matter of fact, uh, Hoods, would y'all mind going back and heading back toward to get your line and food to get through first. And after that, we'd like to get the seniors through if we could, um, and uh, then we can get the kids and so forth. But uh, uh, anyway, get through there. And uh, Michael, would you ask God to bless the food and dismiss us?